episode to The Worst Bestsellers, where we read about the rigid construction of the gender binary so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray. Joining us to discuss this sexist pile of garbage are Jalenta Greenberg and Kristen Meinzer, hosts of By the Book, a podcast in which they live by the rules of a different self-help book in every episode to see which ones actually work. A few weeks ago, they lived by Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and so at this point, they're pretty much experts in this horrible bestseller from the 1990s. Hi, Jolenta. Hi. Hi, Kristen. Hi, so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. You've, I mean, we read it, but you lived it. Oh. <laughs> Lord help us, we did. And it, well, I guess... We'll get into it in a little bit, uh, but I definitely would recommend everyone listens to their episode about it too because it was actually it was actually very moving in a way that oh, our so episode nice. will not be. <laughs> no, no. no, warning: there is crying in our episode. True, yeah, real tears, real meltdowns. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I want to say about this book is because I know this is a question that a lot of people are going to have, like including myself before I started reading this. And I picked up the special 20th anniversary edition from the library is like, does this book at all ever, even for one second, address the concept of like trans or non-binary people or even, you know, like the socialization at at play here in gender in our society and no it does not or even no it doesn't oh, no. baseline queerness no does yeah. not it is... acknowledges the only couples that exist are between men and women yes and those differences are inherent they are not something that we are structuralized or mm-hmm. brought up to think in any yeah, way this no is, you yeah. know social norms or mores at play just uh just straight up inherent inherent differences it's biology Yes, and that's then, why I'm like this. Yeah, and then, sent, like I said, I have the 20th anniversary edition, so it has a fresh new introduction, and he says, Ooh. you know, so many people have, like, written to say this book changed their lives and blah, 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 but a couple, like, some women have said they feel more like Martians, and so he says in this new introduction that about 10% of women identify more as Martians, and that's just because they have higher testosterone, but oh. there's... Oh, my God. Yeah. Doesn't, I think I have that introduction, too. I believe, doesn't he, like, he gives advice to basically, like, just try to be more feminine, though. Like, yeah. And then yeah, read the book, book and go you, from there. Yeah, like, and this book will help you unlock your inner Venusian. Exactly. <laughs> but no men, zero men are more like Venusians. You know, we're Except both married. Except our husbands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except well, both of our husbands were like, I don't feel heard. Why are you so cold? I want to talk about feeling some more. Let's talk about feeling. Can we sit down and have like a state of the relationship? Let me make you some dinner. Yeah. yeah. And they and they sharpen our knives without us even asking. <laughs> you guys are so hashtag blessed. Oh, oh yes, we? we are. No. <laughs> this is, and I know I know I've been talking like so much in the past few episodes about like how over heterosexuality in general I am. So this was a nightmare. This oh, is like an I actual so nightmare that I have had reading this book. But I do it was just I, do I don't think want to say that Kate met a queer person. Kate, you picked this book though. So you I know. Because <laughs> I felt I felt like it has the best of the books we are considering. It has the biggest name recognition. 
And I was curious. I was honestly curious. And now, like, this is why you should never give in to your curiosity because it just comes back to bite you in the ass. It's yeah. so disappointing. I, it's That's why I <laughs> cried in our episode because I, like, had all these high hopes for this book I've been hearing about my entire life that, like, changes people's relationships. And then you read it and it's, like, a stinking pile of shit. And, then and it's, like, heartbreaking kind of where it's, like, oh, my God, this is what people have been looking to? This is what all of our mom's friends read. Yes. Yeah, it was the best-selling nonfiction book in the 90s. The, of a decade, you it's guys. It's insane. A it's decade. insane. So, of course, you guys had to choose this book because it's, like, overlooking the Bible if you're doing some sort of religious <laughs> studies. You have to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we are we're doing this for you, listeners. We we truly read this so you don't have to and you should <laughs> not. Don't read it. Nobody. Nobody read it. It was I was reading part of it um, in a meeting. I was in a meeting for a presentation that I was doing at work. And during the part that other people were doing and working on that I didn't have to pay attention to, I was reading it on my phone. And I don't know what kind of faces I was making, but like my boss literally like came over to my side of the table and was like, what are you reading? Yes. And I had to like vaguely explain to her without acting as horrified as I wanted to act because technically I was in a semi-professional setting, but it was just... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, at least it was on your phone. Imagine if you had your book out, like, in hardcover. Mm-hmm. See, that would be yeah. embarrassing. That's embarrassing. This is me every week, because I try to get the print books, because I find it easier to read that way, and I get them at my library where I work, and it's just, like, don't, like, I'm, and, like, some of my coworkers know about the podcast, and some don't, so some of them, I think, just just think I have really bad taste in books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> You've got to get, like, some of those book socks from when we were in school that you use as a book cover so you can just carry it around with that and no one has to know or make any assumptions about whatever it is you're reading. Yeah, and I mean, mostly I read them at home. It's just the act of them, like, coming in on the hold shelf and, like, getting a label with my name on it. Like, she really (laughs) wanted this. Like, it's out there for people to see. Yeah. Part of your permanent record the library will know forever. I know. Um, anyway, so that's that's what this book is. That's why we picked it. Um, normally, we do kind of a plot summary. Uh, this is It doesn't really have a what plot. plot? <laughs> <laughs> this book is also a super hard read. It jumps all over the place, I found. And it reiterates itself, but in like horrible, confusing ways. Like It's a shitty read. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it repeats itself so much. It speaks mm-hmm. in circles. It says the same thing, but in like 14 different ways. And rather than having a plot, it really just has like 25 lists of rules for women and uh, none like for a, men. Maybe a one gentle for men. suggestion for men. Yeah. yeah well, that's pretty and much what's it. crazy, I mean, essentially the plot of the book is men are literally from Mars and women are literally from Venus, right? Like, <laughs> I know. He keeps going back to that. Like, but remember, he's a Martian. Like, he can't think the way you do because you're a from a different planet where it's like, okay, but like we all are. Our people, and this is like a legit self-help book, right? But like, no, like the plot is we are literally fucking Martians that met on Earth. Like, and the thing about it too is that, and I don't, I want to say this in a way that acknowledges that there are different ways of being in this world, right? But there are books 
uh, mainly aimed at teens, but I think maybe for adults, too, that are, like, Asperger's rules or, like, kind of social guidebooks for people with Asperger's Mm. or on the autism spectrum. And I think those can be really helpful for, like, autistic people who don't inherently understand all these kinds of social situations that neurotypical people do. But that all the advice for men reads like those. It's like, you it know, does. What I mean? it's it like, does where it's like, you don't have to understand it, but like learn to acknowledge the signs and then run away. When like, a woman talks, nod and look at her, like, make her feel heard. Don't actually listen or acknowledge just as long as she has the impression you've acknowledged it. Like it's fine. Then you can go hide and watch a sport from time to time. When you come home from work, look happy to see her. Like literally multiple times. He tells men when she talks, say, mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. Mars, make noises. Make I think he actually mm-hmm says, sound. make noises. Yeah. Yeah, make totally. Noises. Which, I, you know, again, I understand that doesn't come naturally to everyone that is, like, a learned social behavior, but most neurotypical men, I feel like, should have picked up on this. Yeah, like, like women share feelings. Yes. You should, too, actually. Humans should share feelings, yeah. like, done. But women don't just share feelings, folks. Remember, women like to just yammer for no good reason. Men like to talk for constructive reasons to relay information. Mm-hmm. Or That's solve what they a do problem. on Mars. That's what they do on yeah. Mars. Whereas women, we just talk all the time... And I don't know why. They want to feel the stupid thing called support or companionship. I don't know why. Like idiots. I can't even stop talking now. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) So the actual setup of the book, um, we're going to get to this one a little bit when we do the dramatic readings because we're going to read this part. But like literally, as Renata alluded to, the setup of the book is this guy being like, there were people on Mars and they were all a list of stereotypical male traits. And then there were people on Venus and they were all a list of stereotypical female traits. And then one day the Martians saw the Venusians through a telescope and they were like, oh, we have to invent space travel so that we can go have sex with these other creatures. We gotta get our Martian dicks wet. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're happy for a while acknowledging their differences, but then they come to Earth and get amnesia and forget about how they're different. So this is the guidebook that explains how the Venusians and Martians are different so that you can apply those traits to the men or women in your lives. It is... And that just goes throughout the whole book. Like, it's this, you know, continuous reference back to this to the different hypothetical fantasy. And then, I mean, basically, I'm, I'm looking at the outline of the book or the, the, you know, table of contents. And it's like, he explains the differences. And then he goes on to talk about how we can get along together. But all the rules for how we get along together are like... Here, listen, dudes, you're fine. Women, like, you gotta kill yourselves, reinvent yourselves, <laughs> suck a dick, and, like, then you'll get along. Like, that's, it's yeah. like, you know, even the, the next chapter is, like, Mr. Fix-It and the Home Improvement Committee. Those sound to me like the same things. Fix-It and Home Improvement, like, what is the difference? No. But men are fix-its, and they... All they want to do is help. Like, they try to help so hard. They're into women solutions. get mad at them. They're into women solutions. want to change their fucking men like bitches. Yeah. <laughs> and they need to learn they can't change men and blah, blah, blah. But, like, guys, just tone down your urge to, like, 
to just like fix everything and make it better because like that's what's pissing her off. I know it doesn't make sense. Like you are doing the logical thing to make it better. But like just like tone it down. Women like stop everything you're doing. Yeah. And similarly, going into the cave versus going into the well. So one of the other big differences between Martians and Venusians, Martians, sometimes they just need to retreat into their cave. They need some time alone. They gotta work on how to solve problems in their brains quietly. Oh, yeah, and know? and they're not always gonna tell you. Sometimes they'll be gone the for hours or days. Who knows how long they'll be gone? But ladies, you can't be mad when he comes back, even though he never told you he was leaving. You gotta welcome him. You gotta love him. Meanwhile, women, we uh, we're like we go on waves, and sometimes we end up in a deep well. Deep wells. Sometimes we end up in deep wells. <laughs> deep wells of needing. Yes. And but when a woman goes into a well, apparently that's because we um, we have periods and we're emotional and we're a mess. Whereas men just, you know, they don't want to talk about stuff all the time. Again, things that sound the same, but somehow, dudes, you cool women. What is wrong? So wrong. Ladies, you're the worst. I know everything in here like is so repetitive, but he flips it. He like makes a slight change. And then one is the women's version. That's bad. Like women want to be adored, which is like silly, but men need to be admired. And if they don't feel admired, they're going to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and definitely fuck someone else. <laughs> they, if they, if you are not adoring the shit out of them, like no, 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 women need to be adored. They need to be admired. Else. Don't waste your time adoring a Martian. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because there's a big difference in those two things. <laughs> I'm worried about your marriage. <laughs> oh my god, I've been adoring, not admiring shit. <laughs> Have you been asking would you or could you when you ask him to do a favor? You man. know, my husband did said that makes a difference to him. Really. It's the one thing I I took away from that I have done differently since this book, which is to him, he feels like when I say could you, I'm saying like, could you even load the dishwasher, you incompetent piece of shit, as opposed to like, would you load the dishwasher? Yeah. And that's something the book says is that men don't understand the word could. Because men, that's the only flaw they have is they're too dumb to understand. The well, and they don't like generalizations, the book says, too, right? That's true. They want specific. Like, you mean, can't be like, we never go out. Because they'll be like, but two months ago, I took you to dinner. Like, that, yeah. that whole section was literally Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, the yes. Like, oh, my God. Yes. My that is the... My reflexes are too fast. Like, it's it's literally that. But he's presenting <laughs> oh as, like, God. serious romantic advice. That's so funny. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, I want to step back real quick to the cave, though, just because this is something we talk about a lot on this podcast. But it's been several episodes since I, like, actually explained what it is. And I just talk about Wolverine sadness cave like that's the thing that everyone knows what it is <laughs> it which isn't. it isn't <laughs> but in the in the movie the wolverine which is an x-men sequel starring hugh jackman as wolverine it starts with him literally living in a literal cave because he's like run away from the x-men he's just like so sad and to me it's like the most hilarious thing that you're starting your superhero movie and he's just like a sad hobo in a cave and he <laughs> and all he has in his cave is like a bottle of vodka and a clock radio <laughs> yes oh, and that sounds like a good where cave. do you plug in a clock radio in a cave it's maybe it's I, one I of the, it's like battery. emergency ones oh it yeah, actually yeah. is batteries because that's why he goes into t- town is to get more batteries for his clock no, radio. Shut, shut and up. Then, guys, this is great. <laughs> 
and then and then when he's in town, he like starts his like actual journey of the actual plot of the movie. But that's so funny to me. And then it's and then I read this and I was like, oh, Wolverine's from Mars. That makes sense. Of so, like, course, Wolverine and he's Drax wolf, okay? are from Mars. He's, he's, he's a wolf. Oh, it makes right. sense that you're in a cave if you're a wolf. Absolutely, the Wolverine is part wolf. Absolutely, we we have learned that <laughs> as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that uh, is very that. And he talks about going to the cave on almost every other page in this book. It's a huge... Men spend, like, 33% of their time in caves, I yes. think. And women, for some reason, don't like that. I don't know why. Yeah. You know why? Because women don't understand that men are rubber bands because women are like waves. I was saying, because waves and rubber us. bands are different. <laughs> rubber bands, like, stretch out and spring back. Waves... Go forward and no. back. Well, he was saying waves are essentially like your menstrual cycle. Oh, right. Like, That's all he's bitches saying. Bitches be crazy every yes. month. That's pretty much it. Rubber but... bands are normal and practical. Yeah. You can Rubber use them to bind things. Rubber bands are helpful in an office or cave yes. situation. Waves, just useless. chaos. Just useless. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Just and, revisiting like, this book is horrible. <laughs> the, like, the almost, like, sad part of it is that they're are bits of advice in here that taken on their own are the kernel of the beginning of a good idea. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a part where he's talking about, in the larger, like, stupid overarching idea of women can't give men advice because men need to fix things themselves, but women have to let men give them advice because that's how men feel wanted. But there's a, a part in there where, like, for example, they talk about how sometimes women don't want um, advice on what to do. They just want to vent. They want empathy. Or they just want it to get something off their mind by complaining about it, and then they'll feel better. And how, like, you need to be aware of what the purpose of this conversation is. Are they looking for answers? Are they just trying to vent? Are they looking for someone to, like, mm-hmm. take their side unequivocally? And that, like, that's a good idea. Like, that's a thing that I try to do when I'm listening to people vent. Like, what are you looking for in this? Are you looking for advice or do you just want to vent? Like, either is fine, but let me know so I can act accordingly. But then it it goes a step further and turns into this whole fucking, like, oh, but, you know, men, all men are like this. And all women are like this. And... You can never understand. The only way that you can navigate each other's emotional landscape is by doing this like weird play acting where you pretend to go along with what they want, even though you don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. And and if and if instead, Dr. John Gray, as he likes to be called in quotes, PhD, we we all know he's not really a doctor. Um, but yeah, I was so happy when you guys pointed out that he it's not a real degree. So I was like, thank God. Like, my trust in the academic system yeah. is restored. No, he has degrees from, like, diploma mills, and he's not a real PhD. Yeah, so thank he's God. a total fake. And but and he's Dr. been married, Gray, like, five times. I yes, yes, I know. Like, what does he know about oh, marriage? It doesn't work. Yeah. But, but if he was positing that some people are like this and some yeah. people are like if this. If it were a communication guide for like some, like there are different personalities. They communicate in ways that to you might seem crazy. Yeah. Like, but like some people are more introverted. Some people are more chatty. Some people are. And, and if you just split it up like, like here's that. how you meet in the middle with all of these different personality types. But yeah. you, instead, you it's just all it, men this, yeah. all women that. 
Yeah, because, like, I'm jumping ahead a little bit sort of to Reader's Advisory, I think. I haven't actually read the five love languages, but Mm. I did take a quiz to see what my love language is, which it's gifts, (laughs) if you were wondering. I'm Uh, gifts, too, which (laughs) bummed me out because I really didn't think I was. Doesn't that mean you guys are materialistic? You just want presents? No, I just, I was taking this quiz, and it was like, what would surprise you more? Or, like, what would you value more? Like, a surprise gift from nowhere or, like, a hug? And I'm like, a surprise gift? Isn't it acts of service, words of reassurance, someone unloading the dishwasher, or a surprise gift? I'm like, no, like literally a surprise gift. What? Who doesn't want a surprise? But then also, like, then if you read the fine print of it, it's like a gift doesn't have to be a valuable thing. It could just be like, you know, it could be the gift of like, oh, I unloaded the dishwasher for you because I know you don't like doing that or whatever. Um, Anyway, that though, I I feel like that is like the gender neutral this. You know, where it's like, you could be a man, but your love language could be gifts, or you could be a woman and your love language could be gifts. And this is just like, all women only have this one Venusian love language, and all men only have this one Martian love language. And that's just so false, obviously. Mm. It's so obviously false. And And made, like, so much worse by the fact that he very clearly, like, values the Martian love language better than the Venusian. and. That everything is about kind of warping the Venusian to fit the Martian's needs. Totally. Yeah. I mean, this book is essentially like a just very long to-do list for women. Yeah, yes. women, you yeah. need to learn to stop being such idiots, dudes. You're like, just stop fine. having needs and communicating those needs, and you'll be in a great relationship. Says the fake doctor who's been married five times. And avoid fighting. And it's funny because he's trying to convey, like, you can tell that he does think Martians are more logical, but at the same time, he says a hundred million times, like, even if a man is doing wrong, don't don't help him. He'll hate that. Don't help him. Like, multiple times he gives the mm-hmm. example of, like, a man is lost and a woman tries to help him and he hates it and he goes to his cave for a month because he hates it. And it's like, but you were lost. Like, Why? <laughs> Why are you, know you wh- like this? You know why? So you can keep your man. You You're know right because they he gives a whole example about how like the second you start criticizing or trying to change him, man. like he is putting his dick in someone else. Yeah, he, immediately. Yes, and like she's gonna be a princess according to this book. Like, oh she's gonna be perfection and give him everything you couldn't. She's gonna admire him. Okay. Yes, and that's what he needs. He needs. And he'll admiration. adore her. Yes, right. absolutely. And those two things aren't the same. No. <laughs> the other thing that, okay, I, I keep saying the other thing I hated. I hated 100,000 things about this. <laughs> All the things we this hated. This could go on yes. for 85 hours. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> another thing I hated is another example that he came to a lot. It was like, the woman's tired of cooking dinner. So it's different ways of like phrasing how to ask to be taken out to dinner. And like right. the woman, and it's never like... The woman has a job and she just like takes herself out to dinner, or the woman just you know brings home takeout. It's always yeah. the, the woman, woman has went to on ask seamless. to be taken out to dinner. <laughs> Women love being taken out for dinner. We love it. We love you it, know, especially you know, eight nights a week, thirty hours a day. I'm slaving <laughs> over that stove. Mm-hmm. The yeah. feminine. I just arts. want an excuse to put on more makeup and get out there and make you look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing Street that he brings up a lot so as an example is like the man needing to go out and buy milk. 
And I'm just bringing that up because that's a trend we've been following in a few books recently is like how Everyone much... Everyone getting milk? Yeah, how much fictional characters drink milk. And I think John Gray himself is a fictional character and yes, he seems he to be drinking a lot of milk. He clearly created his doctorate out of fiction. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get milk. Or like, what was the example about socks? It was like, show her you care, turning, not by listening or, like, validating her ever, but by turning like, your turning, socks, turning right, your right, socks side right side out oh. before you, like, put them in the dirty clothes. Yeah. Yes. Which then, Sometimes, that's, that's veering into Konmari territory, actually. Right, right. I'm like, <laughs> you had better be balling those right, because yeah. I al- read that book. You're also, if you're a man, allowed to help wash the dishes from time to time what? to score no. points. No, Just no, to no. score points. Okay. Remember not the because you, like, pull your weight around the household, no, only no. to get this your D-sucked, right? This is in the score point section and men you may want to consider putting the toilet seat down from time to time that will score you points yes and women you can score points by acting happy at sex yes that's yes. the main or thing men, you could learn how to please women, and no, then they just not be the happy. Jolenta, oh, right, not right. in the book. Women not don't have book. sexual needs. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> oh. so sorry. They'll never cheat on you. <laughs> they only want women, your dick. <laughs> his advice for women is talk less, fuck more. Yeah, yes. and if you don't like <laughs> fucking, fucking paste a smile on your face. Pretend you like it. Just pretend for his sake, okay? Yeah. He'll pretend to listen to you, and you'll pretend to have an orgasm, and you'll live in misery together, but you won't get divorced. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah, he, everyone this, by wins. the way, has spawned a whole empire, and I think there is, like, a Mars and Venus in bed or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. just about sex. And that's about the only thing I can imagine that would be worse than reading this book would be reading that book. The well, whole that- book is just a pamphlet that says, like, clits aren't real. Bye. <laughs> John Gray, PhD. You don't think that would be good for some, like, some sort of, like, costume play or something? Or What? I'm just, I, I, I'm showing my true colors Yeah, here. what I, is going on? I you just, are, like, wrapping a cord around your hand suggestively and being like, you know. You know, sometimes you just want to fuck it up and do something weird. And by say, something weird, you mean, like, very stereotypical gender roles, Kristen? I guess so. Yeah. It just sounds like You want to really put weird. on an apron and, like, bend over once in a while? Oh, hi. Let me just check if your dinner's ready. I'm going to check in the oh oven. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that sounds kind of fun. That is a little guys, sexy. Guys, a little naughty. But only as a joke, not as a lifestyle. Oh, no, not for real. I just think as a joke it only might be pretty funny. Only for sexual pleasure. Yes. Not, not for... Yeah. Fifty Shades of John Gray, Ph.D., Oh, oh no. that's that's yes. my worst nightmare. You need to write that book. You are writing <laughs> oh that book. I love it. What kind oh, of sex God. paperwork do they have on Mars? Do you think? Oh, like wait, just what? very literal. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, in on Mars, they do it missionary, and there there's a lot of like rabbit thrusting because you know it's about efficiency, like right. Just get that seed into her so you can produce yeah. another Martian. It's just, it's a missionary, like, jackrabbiting situation on Mars. Is There's she also awake? probably, I think, a lot of rules about how you're allowed to express how you feel before and after. Oh. Like, the women always have to say that they had a good time. They had a like, good time, and then they have to leave because there is no fucking attachment. And they're chill. They're yeah. super yeah. chill. No... And and no matter what a man does, a woman just has to say like, oh yeah, no, that was great, that was excellent, and that is the, of the utmost importance. That's written 
in black and white in that sex paperwork. One of the things that made me laugh so much actually was an example of, uh, like, how a woman fuck things up by before, right before they're about to get busy, a woman asks her husband, by the way, did you review the notes you took at John Gray PhD's seminar about sex? I love that part. And then the man got mad about it. And, like, everything about that is so fucked. Like, yeah, of course, no, don't she was ask like, that right before sex. do oral on me, please. Like, that's what she's... <laughs> would he rather she just beg him for oral? Or, like, was she like, hey, you check your notes? Like, or, like, if you don't go down on me, I'm walking out of this fucking door. No, like, John Gray did not tell him to do that. That's he did true. Not John Gray doesn't believe in oral sex for women, I'm sure. No, no. <laughs> well, well just... I think he believes in one version of it. Mm-hmm. Well, he believes in women sucking dicks. Exactly. Not- <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when women are so far that. down in their wells, like, you just can't reach it. You can't find anything down that well. Yeah, it's too dark to see a clit. Or maybe or maybe your tools are not big enough to reach down in there. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Get a bigger rope, John Gray. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one of my notes in here just says, wait, shit, I think Donald Trump is from Mars. Oh, <laughs> fully. Yes, yes 100%. Absolutely. He is yes. the epitome of this book. And he, like, this is why he says you can grab women by the pussy. Because, mm-hmm. like, he's like, yeah, because they'll enjoy it. Because, like, fucking women should enjoy everything because I'm a knight in shining armor. And any kind of stuff I say is fine and it's facts. But you know who says dumb shit? Hillary Clinton. She should be thrown in jail for the same stuff that I do all the time. And my son-in-law does. Also, I want to sleep with my daughter. Hold on. That's not in the book. (laughs) Kristen, I think it's not in the book. I think you're reading into the book a little too hard. But he's so into Ivanka. It's weird. It's really creepy. Very, very creepy. But also, you know how he just can't take criticism at all, and you hear about how they're, you know, they have to read letters from, like, maybe fictional children to, like, cheer him up, because he only oh wants right. yeah. extremely yeah. positive he things. He can't be, handle wait. any criticism at all. Just like a fucking Martian. Wait, what? It, adore is the wrong word, right? He admired. Wants to be admired. God, he just d- wants to be admired. He wants admired. people to think he's strong and smart. He's the man. He and- has hair. Yes, he he wants people he, that he's naturally tan. He wants people to think all these things. Yeah. yeah. Although interestingly, some of our listeners of by the book who are the same age as Donald Trump <gasps> said that this book applied to them, which um, I wonder how much is a what little liked, bit is their age. Well, I would say what right? I liked is a lot of them said like, look at it as essentially like a manual and how to deal with men who are raised in the baby boomer era of yeah. like this isn't like inherent differences between men and women but like this is what we did to baby boomers and like this is how you have to get through to these fucktards like I right. mean I think about this book when I think of like the straight white men I work for on occasion mm. and like I feel like in that instance it has helped me where it's like you butter them up get what you want like get out like before they think you're trying to make a pass at them. But, like, that's how these, like, men in their 50s and 60s now, like, think the world should work. Yeah, or, like, I think of, and we'll link to this, there's an episode of This American Life, um, it's episode 291, Reunited, and it feels so good, where they Mm. have this um, really, this interview story that I really liked with um, the child of Iranian immigrants who his parents' marriage was saved by men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And they talk about how, you know, they, they'd grown up, like, in this, like, very restrictive culture. And then 
he re- like his dad read this book and he had it was like literally mind blowing to him like oh you should listen when a woman talks and just sort of on that level um mm. so yeah, I, yeah very limited uses of this book <laughs> for sure but uh, but the thing is, you know, he's like, I have a PhD, and this is just how everyone is, and it's just inherent. And no, it's not. Yeah. No. And you know what? It might actually be a really useful book as a vetting process. Like, if you meet a guy, let's say you meet him for the first time at a party or through Tinder or whatever, and one of the first questions you ask is, hey, have you ever read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? And dude says, I love that book. So then you know you don't have to date him. Fucking rhyme. That's a great way just to get him out of the way right there. We know you're not a <laughs> yeah. suitable match. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I know this doesn't have like a straightforward plot, but are there any like big pieces of advice that we're leaving out before we move on to our dramatic readings? Oh, let me think. I, God. Yeah. So one of the big pieces we can't forget is men count big acts as very important for scoring points oh, with yeah. ladies. They think if they're gone all day, but if they bring home the bacon, like... That is a huge act. That should make a woman happy for about five years straight yeah. that he has a job. <laughs> like, that is a big act. He goes to work every day. That's a huge act. Oh, also, I wanted to talk about how there's, like, a whole section in the book where it's, like, how to wait for your man to grow and, like, encourage his growth without being overbearing. <sighs> but uh, women don't grow. So that's an interesting nugget I took away where it's like, here is this detailed guide on how to support a man in growing so you don't have to change him, but, like, you can encourage his growth. But, like, I mean, I guess in his own backwards way, he's saying we're fucking fine and fully formed somehow, but, like, we just have to wait it out. But... That's well, a really nice way to think about it. I'm, that's what I'm telling myself to justify. <laughs> like, men deserve the, like, ability to grow and flourish. Like, women, step aside while they do that forever. We and have you to don't support grow. them in their growth. We have or to we're just, them. we finished growing at, like, fucking 13, like I thought we did. <laughs> <laughs> Behind every baby Martian is a fully grown ben- Venetian. Everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah, apparently. It's kind of like his thing where, like, he's constantly talking about how men need to take responsibility for not doing X, and women have to take responsibility for not ever mentioning that maybe they should do X. Like, they're equally important, equally bad mistakes. Like, oh, like, a man spent 20 years completely disrespecting his wife. Like, what garbage. But... Really, when you think about it, isn't the woman garbage for not saying that maybe he should think about respecting her once or twice? I think that that's worth considering. It's yeah. very well. Why would a just... why would a woman ask for respect? What? It's I'm joking. The, the I'm joking. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no the, but if a woman if a woman wants respect, she's just yammering again. What's the point? Just wait. You know what a woman needs to do though after she's talking? Let's not forget what the book tells us. Uh-huh. After you're done talking, you say, "I'm done." Thanks. It felt really good to talk about that. <laughs> that way, the man knows you're done talking. Uh, Thanks. Wait, Thanks for listening. I wanted to ask you guys. I was I was going back through this book. And I wanted to ask you what this what this sentence meant. Just because I was reading through it and I was like, this pisses me off. And I'm like, but also, what does it mean? And it, it's the sentence that says, accepting a man's need to go into the cave does not mean giving up the need to talk. It means giving up the demand that he listen whenever she wants to talk. 
I don't know what the hell that what means. What does that mean? No, no idea. What's well, you can go into the cave. He can go into a cave. Women can still need to talk. But women just know. I think it just means bottle he it up. Do, he'll ne- he cave. never owes you listening. Okay, well, I think what it's... Is that it? No, I think what it means is when he goes into a cave, it doesn't mean he's saying to his woman, I'll never talk to you again. What he is doing by going into the cave is saying, I don't want to listen to you anymore. Well, that's stupid. I don't accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you should accept it, but I think that's what John Gray is saying. <laughs> Ladies, don't worry. When he goes into the cave, it's not because he doesn't want to talk. It's not forever. It's just because he doesn't yeah. want to listen to you. Yeah. That's, oh, I think that's that. what it means. Why? You shouldn't have gotten married to me then. Well, he needs that sex that he you're not it. happy to have, but you have to pretend you're happy In to have. In my relationship, I'm always the one pushing for a sex, so... I'm, I'm, you're maybe one of those John Gray needs to like come <laughs> stay in my house for a while or something. You just need <laughs> to write your own book. Yeah, apparently. There's something. Oh, my other favorite thing is uh, when men are in their caves, women should go shopping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Women, if you want support with men in their caves, go shopping. Call your fucking friend. Like, don't yeah. talk to him. Ladies, you need to just... Get a petty. Manny pet. Yeah. Like, no. You just need to go out to lunch. Yeah. That's what it is. Your interests are just spending money, right? Yeah. Money that your husband earns because you don't have a job. Yeah. Stop being bitter that you've been the only person raising your kids and cleaning your house for 10 years. No, but let's not shopping. forget your, 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 your man. Mm-hmm. To go back to what I was saying earlier about large acts versus small acts, he's been doing the biggest act of all, going to work, okay? Stop acting like Uh, you need a bunch of little things. Stop acting like you need love, support, respect, conversation. Those are a long list of things. He's only good at one big act, not a bunch of little ones, okay? The only thing this book has done for me is made me, like, question why I'm married to a man. (laughs) Not all men, hashtag. God. (laughs) I can't. Not all Martians. Yes. <laughs> Much better. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is all depressing. I like to um I can't remember when this I mean not that any of this happens in any sort of linear fashion. The 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 explanation that men only go to restaurants to eat, so they think that talking at a restaurant is stupid. Whereas oh, yeah. women primarily go to restaurants so that they can talk to other people. This is the stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> fucking heard. You know, the first fight my husband and I got into when we were dating was because he wanted to take me to a brunch spot and he was upset that I, like, wasn't excited enough and, like, talking enough. Huh? You're, like, your husband is a Venusian, though. Yeah. Yeah. It He's does a sound that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I love? Seeing a happy couple in a restaurant completely not talking. That's, the <laughs> That's how I, I know be. they're happy yeah, when they're just they're like silent. doing it right. They're just doing it the way we all when should. When they're silent, but like she's looking at him with admiration. And they have food that they're putting into <laughs> yeah. their mouths. Because he works all day. Yes. That's the only <laughs> gift we need from a man. That one giant gift. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the real reason that he doesn't talk about queer people at all in this book is because even the glimmer of suggestion that queer people exist completely nullifies the entire, the entire thing falls apart at even just passively thinking that maybe there's a lesbian somewhere in the world. 
Well, if there are lesbians, they get along perfectly and they've never had relationship issues because they speak the same language. I don't understand like what you're getting at. Yep, that's that's actually one of the <laughs> right? plus sides to being gay. You never fight ever. Yeah. All of my friends that are in same sex couples, like they speak the same language. It's fluent. Like they've never had disagreements. None of them have split up. They like, all met in insane. high school yeah. and are married fifty years it's later. Insane. Yeah. They can share rent on their wells. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. just easier they go into caves together and hold hands <laughs> like it's beautiful they have someone to hold the belaying rope and they're spelunking <laughs> yes. it's great Ugh. or yeah or it just nullifies this whole theory and it's all bullshit and he's a fake doctor <laughs> <laughs> hard to say hard to say tough call tough call yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, should we move into some dramatic readings and just give everybody just a oh, real unfiltered yes, dose yes. of this? Yeah. And this good. is hard because every page every is page. just chock full of special, special excerpts in this book. Uh, but I think Jolenta's going to start yes, us off yes, and just read us start. the very beginning of this stupid book. Chapter one. <laughs> men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Imagine that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. One day, long ago, the Martians, looking through their telescopes, discovered the Venusians. Just glimpsing the Venusians awakened feelings they had never known. They fell in love and quickly invented space travel and flew to Venus. The Venusians welcomed the Martians with open arms. They had intuitively known that this day would come. Their hearts opened wide to a love they had never felt before. The love between the Venusians and Martians was magical. They delighted in being together, doing things together, and sharing together. Though from different worlds, they reveled in their differences. They spent months learning about each other, exploring and appreciating their different needs, preferences, and behavior patterns. For years, they lived together in love and harmony. Then they decided to fly to Earth. In the beginning, everything was wonderful and beautiful, but the effects of Earth's atmosphere took hold, and one morning, everyone woke up with a particular kind of amnesia, selective amnesia. Both the Martians and Venusians forgot that they were from different planets and were supposed to be different. In one morning, everything they had learned about their differences was erased from their memory, and since that day, men and women have been in conflict. The end. And this is Beautiful. so. I've been tweeting a few excerpts of this as I read it, and multiple Oof. people are like, "Wait, does he? So does he like literally believe this though?" And I kind of feel like yes. I think he does. Yeah, <laughs> there are so many passages that I have highlighted that are like, "But remember, he's from Mars." Where I'm like, D "Is this literal? Like, is this what you think?" Like, I truly believe we are all from Earth, right? Like. Or am I missing something? Like, it, it gets confusing almost. I think he just loves this fantasy of a planet with all ladies who are hot. Ooh. I really think he just loves that. You yeah. know, like, kind of where Wonder Woman comes from, only they all want to have relations I mean, with him. I can't. I yeah. can't knock him. That's not... I can't say that I haven't also had that fantasy, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's See, different. The other thing, too, is, like, this opening thing of, like, how the Martians invent space travel. I really think it goes against this whole theory because 
men like to be in their caves and women are the social ones. They're the Why ones women- that have to go out mm. and go reach out to them and then like wait for them to decide to like reach back and like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, women should have invented space travel, but of course that's ridiculous. I do feel I like this Women is- aren't smart enough to do that. I feel like this is the only passage where like he acknowledges like women have innate skills though, where he was like, they're intuitive. They had a feeling this day was coming. Right. Where I'm like, <laughs> okay, for like a hot second, I guess he like almost respects women. I don't know. Is intuitive something he respects? No, probably um, not. He probably thinks those, that's gibberish bullshit. Yeah, that's one of those I, mushy skills. I'm gonna just cling to that intuitiveness with like bloody fingers and pretend it's him respecting. It's all we have. We yeah. don't have anything else he gave us. <laughs> right. <sighs> all right, Kate. What do you have for us? Okay, I have give up giving advice. Without this insight into the nature of men, it's very easy for a woman unknowingly and unintentionally to hurt and offend the man she loves most. For example, Tom and Mary were going to a party. Tom was driving. After about 20 minutes and going around the same block a few times, it was clear to Mary that Tom was lost. She finally suggested that he call for help. Tom became very silent. They eventually arrived at the party, but the tension from that moment persisted the whole evening. Mary had no idea why he was so upset. From her side, she was saying, I love and care about you, so I am offering this help. From his side, he was offended. What he heard was, I don't trust you to get us there. You are incompetent. Without knowing about life on Mars, Mary could not appreciate how important it was for Tom to accomplish his goal without helping. Offering advice was the ultimate insult. As we have explored, Martians never offer advice unless asked. A way of honoring another Martian is always to assume he can solve his problem unless he is asking for help. Mary had no idea that when Tom became lost and started circling the same block, it was a very special opportunity to love and support him. (laughs) At that time, he was particularly vulnerable and needed some extra love. To honor him by not offering advice would have been a gift equivalent to his buying her a beautiful bouquet of flowers or writing her a love note. After learning about Martians and Venusians, Mary learned how to support Tom at such difficult times. The next time he was lost, instead of offering quote-unquote help, she restrained herself from offering any advice, took a deep, relaxing breath, and appreciated in her heart what Tom was trying to do for her. Tom greatly appreciated her warm acceptance and trust. These are actual words that were written in this book, which was published (laughs) theoretically as an actual serious work of garbage. Best-selling nonfiction of the 90s. Marital Guide. John Green, PhD. Oh, John Gray. (laughs) (laughs) John Green has a new book out. It's not this. Mm, I like John Green. (laughs) I love the fault in our stars. Yeah. Side note, people keep suggesting John Green to us, and we're like, no, he's actually good. No, it's good. He's just overhyped, but it's actually good, and we're not reading his book. He's a good storyteller. Yes. And he definitely did not write this. (laughs) No. 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 I also want to point out that this advice, by the way, about 
letting him, giving him the gift of figuring it out himself. That's like what you're supposed to do for elementary schoolers, right? Like, <laughs> don't tie their shoe for them. They need to practice until they get it right. Or like, you know, if they're coloring and they screw it up, like, just let them go. Don't fix it for them. That's not what you do to adult humans no just mm-hmm. circle the block for about 45 more years mother the shit <laughs> out of your husband until he decides it's you're gonna make, equal it's gonna make him feel so bad when you say it's the red house on the right don't do that don't say it's the red house on the right just let him drive around for a few more days and that matter. is exactly the same as him giving you an actual physical gift out of the goodness of his heart mm-hmm. jesus christ jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> all so horrible it's so horrible Great. so shall we shall we do the knight in shining armor reading? yes please yes. Kristen. oh my god the knight in mm. shining armor reading is in chapter eight called discovering our different emotional needs and in my ebook that's page 235 but it's probably some other page in another book but um it, it's a very important parable so um it's not gonna have the word martian or venusian anywhere in it as far as i know the knight in shining armor. Deep inside every man there is a hero or a knight in shining armor. More than anything, he wants to succeed in serving and protecting the woman he loves. When he feels trusted, he is able to tap into this noble part of himself. He becomes more caring. When he doesn't feel trusted, he loses some of his aliveness and energy, and after a while, he can stop caring. Imagine a knight in shining armor traveling through the countryside. Suddenly, he hears a woman crying out in distress. In an instant, he comes alive. Urging his horse to a gallop, he races to her castle, where she is trapped by a dragon. The noble knight pulls out his sword and slays the dragon. As a result, he is lovingly received by the princess. As the gates open, he is welcomed and celebrated by the family of the princess and the townspeople. He is invited to live in the town and is acknowledged as a hero. He and the princess fall in love. A month later, the noble knight goes off on another trip. On his way back, he hears his beloved princess crying out for help. Another dragon has attacked the castle. When the knight arrives, he pulls out his sword to slay the dragon. Before he swings, the princess cries out from the tower, Don't use your sword! Use the noose. It will work better. She throws him the noose and motions to him instructions about how to use it. He hesitantly follows her instructions. He wraps it around the dragon's neck and then pulls hard. The dragon dies and everyone rejoices. At the celebration dinner, the knight feels he didn't really do anything. Somehow, because he used her noose and didn't use his own sword, he doesn't quite feel worthy of the town's trust and admiration. After the event, he is slightly depressed and forgets to shine his armor. A month later, he goes on yet another trip. As he leaves with his sword, the princess reminds him to be careful and tells him to take the noose. On his way home, he sees yet another dragon attacking the castle. This time, he rushes forward with his sword, but hesitates, thinking maybe he should use the noose. In the moment of hesitation, the dragon breathes fire and burns his right arm. In confusion, he looks up and sees his princess waving from the castle window. Use the poison, she yells. The noose doesn't work. She throws him the poison, which he pours into the dragon's mouth and the dragon dies. Everyone rejoices and celebrates, but the knight feels ashamed. A month later, he goes on another trip. As he leaves with his sword, the princess reminds him to be careful and to bring the noose and the poison. He is annoyed by her suggestions, but brings them just in case. This time on his journey, he hears another woman in distress. 
As he rushes to her call, his depression is lifted and he feels confident and alive. But as he draws his sword to slay the dragon, he again hesitates. He wonders, should I use my sword, the noose, or the poison? What would the princess say? For a moment, he is confused. But then he remembers how he felt before he knew the princess, back in the days when he only carried a sword. With a burst of renewed confidence, he throws off the noose and the poison and charges the dragon with his trusty sword. He slays the dragon, and the townspeople rejoice. The knight in shining armor never returned to his princess. He stayed in the new village and lived happily ever after. He eventually married, but only after making sure his new partner knew nothing about nooses or poison. Dorothy is so mad in the background here. <laughs> oh, shit. Just make sure your ladies know nothing. Don't give suggestion, ladies, but even better, just don't know anything. Don't know anything. Yeah, and men, you know best. There's no way that you could get any better at the thing that you're good at. No, no, no. See, just... but by the way, this in, the princess is the one who's innovating. She would invent space travel. Exactly. Yes. yes. Well, men well, would this... be like, don't know about spaceships. I, they overwhelm me. I can't. No, but if women invented... Uh, I'm going to go fuck someone else. No, but if women invented spaceship, they wouldn't go to Mars. They are smart enough no. to go somewhere else. Maybe I like, let's go mm. the opposite way of Mars. Yeah, I go I somewhere else. I intuit that this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm going to do the final dramatic reading. This is a whole section, it's a whole concept of love letters where it's basically, like, partly it's like a compliment sandwich where, like, if you need to express mm-hmm. a feeling of dissatisfaction, you have to, like, wrap it up in a bunch of compliments mainly to avoid hurting your man's feelings. Like, occasionally it might go the other way where a man has a one for a woman, but mostly, you know, women be feeling. Mm. Um, so it's that. And then you're also supposed to write a response letter where you say, like, ideally this is what you would say in response to my feelings. And the one that I have chosen, because he gives a bunch of examples of this concept, And mine that I'm going to read you is a love letter about frustration and disappointment. And this one actually is from a Martian to a Venusian. And the whole scenario that he's concocted is so strange because it's like, you're making this up. You could have made up something that made sense. But instead, here's here's the situation that John Gray, PhD, has created for these people. And here's how they're going to respond to it. So Jean left a message for her husband, Bill, saying that she wanted him to bring some important mail home. Somehow, Bill never got the message. When he arrived home without the mail, Jean's reaction was strong frustration and disappointment. Although Bill was not at fault, when Jean continued making comments about how much she needed that mail and how frustrated she was, he started to feel blamed and attacked. Jean did not realize that Bill was taking personally all her feelings of frustration and disappointment. Bill was about to explode and make her wrong for being so upset. I feel like there's a word missing here, but that's what it says. Instead of dumping his defensive feelings on her and ruining their evening, he wisely decided to take ten minutes and write a love letter. When he finished writing... He came back more loving and gave his wife a hug, saying, I'm sorry you didn't get your mail. I wish I had gotten that message. Do you still love me anyway? 
Jean responded with a lot of love and appreciation, and they had a wonderful evening instead of a cold war. This is Bill's love letter. Dear Jean, 1. Anger. I hate when you get so upset. I hate when you blame me. I am angry that you are so unhappy. I am angry that you are not happy to see me. It feels like nothing I do is ever enough. I want you to appreciate me and be happy to see me. <laughs> 2. Sadness. I am sad that you are so frustrated and disappointed. I'm sad that you are not happy with me. I want you to be happy. I am sad that work is always getting in the way of our love life. I am sad that you don't appreciate all the wonderful things we have in our lives. I am sad I didn't come home with the mail you needed. Three, fear. Fear. I am afraid I can't make you happy. I am afraid you will be unhappy all evening. I am afraid to be open with you or to be close to you. I'm afraid of needing your love. I am afraid I am not good enough. I am afraid you will hold this against me. Four, regret. I am sorry that I didn't bring home the mail. I'm sorry you're so unhappy. I'm sorry that I didn't think to call you. I didn't want to upset you. I wanted you to be happy to see me. <laughs> this is written by a toddler. <laughs> it- it all, okay, let me finish this, and then I'm more saying. We have a four-day holiday, and I want it to be special. Five, love. I love you. I want you to be happy. I understand that you are upset. I understand that you need some time to just be upset. I know that you are not trying to make me feel bad. You just need a hug and some empathy. I am sorry. Sometimes I don't know what to do, and I start making you be in the wrong. Thank you for being my wife. I love you so much. You don't have to be perfect, and you don't have to be happy. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to be happy? Nope. I understand that you're upset about the mail. I love you, <laughs> Bill. It's all about mail. I forgot. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. I, I forgot wait. it was mail. P.S. Mm. The response I would like to hear, I love you, Bill. I appreciate how much you do for me. Thank you for being my husband. But see, that's what I mean. Like, he made up the scenario. Why is it just unspecified mail? Why couldn't it be, like, um, a check that we need to take to the bank? Or, like, I don't know, uh, our new lease came in the mail. Our son's like, school There must schedule. be a reason she cares about the fucking mail. I don't give a shit if I get my mail. But, like, she must. There, there's something important. Yeah, yeah. It's not, like, a flyer from the uh, local gym. It's. Clearly important. She needed important. Trader Joe's fearless flyer. She needed it. <laughs> she um, probably had a package that like went to the post office that someone had to get. It's just mail. We don't know. Uh, you know, it's probably internet shopping because women be yeah, shopping. Yeah, women oh. are always shopping. Probably yet another dress. <laughs> she, she probably got was on. fucking talking to her friends and bought a thing. Yeah, <laughs> women. Um, there's two things that that love letter is also. Um, number one is that love letter is the song Therapy from Tick, Tick, Boom. It is uh, absolutely mm. that. <laughs> and that song is a joke. That song is supposed to be funny. Yes, exactly. And then the number two thing that that is, is, um, again, when when people on the autism spectrum have flashcards of like, this is a smiley face and this is what happy is. Yes. It's that. But yes. also it's a serious relationship for your fucked up relationship, Gene. <laughs> Oh, Jean. And I did think, by the way, just Why did you need the mail? Why? Just to quickly go back to Kristen and Jolenta's podcast episode that you all should listen to, I I thought that the way you all reacted to it was exactly how, read like, because they actually did this, because that's their whole thing. 
when I read that, I was like, this seems like it just really escalates thing. Like, it was just with a fucking mail, and you wrote her this weirdo letter about it, and now it's a thing. And so oh, yeah. I was sort of validated that that's how it seemed to play out for you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I did this with my husband, Dean, he full-on started acting like a Martian from the book. It's true. <laughs> because he, he went off to his cave, and then he came back like a rubber band to uh, apologize, but... First, we had to go through all the passive-aggressive shit of writing the letter and then writing the response and reading them out loud. And it would have just worked out so much better if on the spot it would have just been like, hey, you're pissing me off now. Let's not do that. Oh, God. Am I? I'm going to not do that again. Cool. Let's hug. Bye. But he says you have to avoid arguments at all costs. Well, which... confrontation is not an, like, I know, a bad thing. I know, but I think he thinks confrontation is an argument. Yeah, confrontation is just calling somebody on something. Yeah, it's, just it's, like, a, it's just speaking your truth. Speaking your truth is different from fighting. It's the guy's fault if he can't handle a woman just being like, hey, this was stupid. Yeah. Wait, do you think that the mail that got lost was just a previous love letter? Oh, <laughs> that was her love letter wow. to him that she fucking sent in the mail because, like, John Gray says, like, it matters more if there's a stamp on it. He doesn't say that. He doesn't. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to mislead and- you about this book. You're making the book sound way better than it is, Jolenta. Yeah. It's not that exciting. No. This book is not about the lost art of snail mail. <laughs> no, it is not. <sighs> All right. So, yeah. So that's this book. And now let's play some rounds of Would You Rather? Oh, yes. I love Would You Rather. Mm. (laughs) All right. Would you rather marry John Gray, PhD, as wife number six, or literally (laughs) live on literal Venus? I would rather be shot into space, like, with no mask and just (laughs) die instantly than be married to John Gray, PhD. (laughs) Like, I'll go to Venus. I'll go wherever. Like, send me there to die. I'll do it. Oh, right. I'm going like, to marry John Gray. No. Why? He's going to just divorce me in a few weeks because and I don't get keep all my big, his fortune. Well, I don't keep my big trap shut. I do things like get a good talk all the time. And then marry the shit out of him. Oh, mm. yeah. I'll do that because he's mm. got shitloads of money. Man is rich. He, he had the best-selling nonfiction of the 90s, according yeah. to Time Magazine. Yeah, he is wealthy. I'll marry him. He'll divorce me in 10 minutes because I act too much like a Martian. It's fine. <laughs> I would literally live on literal Venus. There is, the world is on fire. There's nothing for me here if I'm married <laughs> to you. John Gray. Like, yeah. send me to Venus. That's, uh, yeah, see, originally I was like Venus all the way. I am a little bit tempted by, like, that divorce settlement from John Gray. Yeah. But- or like maybe I would just now I would just want to marry him and like torture him. Yes, yeah, so like I want to marry him and like just fully criticize, nitpick like every move he makes. Turn Even when light. he knows exactly Turn where light. he's going in the car, I'll give him like all the direction. Like, ugh, that's not how you cut celery. But no, right. I don't. That's not I how you open I a doorknob. I think I'd go insane. I I still think I'd rather get like shot out into space. No, don't forget about the fact that he franchised the hell out of this book. I don't care. Like, I don't Mars care. Mars Venus salad dressings. Mars Venus I clothing I care more lines, about Mars my Venus, principles. So much money. And just leaving the planet. You know, you only have to care about your principles, or you only have to forget about your principles for, like, a year while you're married I to him. Oh, that's so I'm long. stubborn. Yeah. I am yeah. also no, very scared of space, though. Yeah. I feel like I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Now that Star Trek Discovery is here, like, mm-hmm. let's do this. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna go to Venus. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. Oh man, great! I get them all to myself, ladies. Yeah. Thank Enjoy. You. Enjoy. <laughs> Preston Mines are a PhD now. Yes. <laughs> yes. That that's just his last name. It's like Mr. It's T. Just a great PhD. <laughs> <laughs> great. All right. How about? Would you rather date a man who says, "I'm sorry you feel hurt after he hurts your feelings." Or date a man who turns his socks right side out for you before you wash them. Oh, yeah. That's from the scoring points section of the book where a man can score points with a lady by saying, I'm sorry you feel hurt after he makes you sad. And a man can also score points with his lady by turning his socks right side out before he demands that you wash them. Can I That's just... great ways to have points scored with me. Yeah, I, can yeah. I just choose to go out into space again? <laughs> <laughs> In space, no one can hear you say, I'm sorry you feel hurt. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess I pick, I'm sorry you feel hurt. No way. I'm picking the socks. And yeah, then I'm not going to wash them. I'm not going to yeah, wash them. And then them. he'll do the laundry. I'm not going to wash them. Or is that <laughs> ruining the would you rather? Because I have to wash them as part of the scenario, don't I? Yeah, part I of this. Know. Yeah. I mean, it, is, I it doesn't space. necessarily say you do all the laundry, though. Just definitely the socks. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to just do the socks. I don't want to ever hear him <laughs> talk to me. I don't want to ever talk to this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't mind doing laundry. I mean, Space. like, that was, like, my household <laughs> chore when I was a kid as I kind of did, like, my parents' laundry and my laundry. So oh, nice. I'll, I'll do some more laundry. I don't care. But, yeah, I'm sorry you feel hurt is, like, such a bullshit non-apology. Yeah. Fuck you, John Gray. I don't know. Yeah. I pick space. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and notably, that's the only time in the book, I believe, that he says a man should apologize. And that's how you apologize when you apologize. You don't ever say, like, I am sorry. You say, I am sorry. No. You are dumb. Yeah. And you never say, I'm sorry I did that to you and caused your feelings to be hurt. Yeah. No. Sorry you reacted that way. Sorry you're yeah. being shrill. Sorry. <laughs> sorry you uppity. Uh. I hate this book. <laughs> um, Kate, did you vote? Yes, I said that I would also uh, do the socks because I also do not ever want to actually talk to him. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last up, would you rather spend seven hours a week rereading this book or spend seven hours a week dating men who believe everything this book says? Rereading. 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 <laughs> In space. Rereading in space so I never have to see another man. This is so tough. Am I allowed to have the TV on while I'm rereading it? Like, can I have Netflix on? You and... wrote this question, Kristen. I know, but I'm not sure how strict everybody wants to be about it. it just, just, you know, reading is reading. You sit down in a quiet room and you read. Can I, okay. I'm, I'm you just can gonna... eat. You can eat. I'm going to, like, can you I. You can, can have a drink. You can have alcohol. Okay, I'm going to read it. I'm yes. reading. Yeah, I'm reading. Okay, the thing is, if they believe everything this book says, then they believe in, like, scoring points, mm. and it seems like a big way to do that is, like, take me out to dinner. And so That's seven- the only way, yeah. Dinner. Yeah. Ladies love dinner. They also believe men are from Mars and women are from <laughs> Venus, so that yeah. could make for interesting conversation, but only for, like, a night. But you'll like, never be short date. on milk. You'll always have milk. Always yeah, have everyone milk. has milk. Mm-hmm. No one, he will not be a good driver, or he'll be a good driver, but I think he won't know where you're going ever. <laughs> do you think, you there. do you think, like, if I change ways and just make sure it has a male voice reading directions, then do you think he would Maybe use that Maybe they app? can deal. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, so I'll um I'll date him and I also feel like I could like live tweet these days and that would probably um be pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I guess if you go into it just treating it like a joke. Yeah. Like you know, this just says dating. It doesn't say I'm like marrying him. It's not like you know, I could date him and then maybe also there's a lot of other hours in the week that I can maybe use to date, like, a, a normal man, although I haven't really found any of those yet. Probably. <laughs> Probably there's one. <laughs> <laughs> Just not one who's read this book. Right. Mm. Or not one who read and enjoyed this. Not one who finished this book for yeah. any reason other than had to for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely reread the book. I don't know nothing about spending seven hours a week dating a man who believes everything in this book is even it's not even worth the free meal even if he wants to go somewhere very fancy an hour a day reading this book or maybe not an hour a day maybe I'll take one day and knock it all out in one shot and not have to worry about it for the rest of the week exactly yeah just like do it every Monday get it out of the way then you can have your week done and done all right. Well, I'll I'll be with my Martian. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. It's okay. I'm married to John Gray. It all works out. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> I live in space now. <laughs> yeah, you've got to bring a Kindle into space. I think the paper will like combust. Yes. Yes. For sure. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to Reader's Advisory, where we'll suggest some books to read. Um, Instead of this one, definitely not in addition to, do not read this book. No. All right. So I'm going to start. Well, I kind of already mentioned Five Love Languages, which, again, I haven't read. But I just feel like if you're looking for something that's kind of this, but not so gross, I think Five Love Languages is like the gender neutral sort of this. It's my impression. Yeah. Mm. A lot of our listeners recommended it to us, and we're like, no, but, like, this will actually change your life. Yeah, so, so, like, so many I of our buy listeners it. I buy it. it. And then another one I want to say is um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Which yes. Is, <laughs> yes. Just the antidote. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people shit on Lean In, but I liked it, and I do think... Of course, it's not a perfect book, but I think a lot of what she's doing is saying, like, hey, right now, like, our society, our culture, it rewards men who act this way. So, like, women, here's what you have to do to get ahead, even though it's all, like, bullshit and it's made up. But here's, like, here's what we're doing. And it's, I'm not saying it's, like, inherently from our space origins. It's just, like, what you should probably do to get promoted if you got, like, a gross man for a boss. Mm. Mm. I would recommend um, if you, like, actually care about learning about how to interact with other humans in a way that will make relationships sort of work, uh, to read the website Captain Awkward, which is an advice column uh, that is good where this is bad. So you should do that. (laughs) Um, And there's, Mm. I'm going to find the link and post it, but the Toast used to do this series of explaining concepts to babies, and I'm pretty sure they did one <laughs> yes. um, about gender. So I'm going to find it, and we'll link to that. But in the meantime, you should just read all of the toast. Oh, I just love nice. the toast. Love, love yeah. the toast. All right, how about you, I'll ladies? Go, I'll what go. you got? What you got? I say, I would either read the guide to getting it on, which is like an encyclopedia of sex, basically. 
But it's super good, and it just talks about bodies like bodies and not like women like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like everyone's different. Try this. Try that. Like, do this to a clit or a penis. Like, it's, it's just a nice book about sex. Does it ever or, advise you to put a donut over a man's dick? I don't think so, no. It's pretty clinical. All right. So no donuts. It's like hipster clinical. It's still probably good, yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, it's good. And it's just about sex and, like, stimulation and, like, that'll help your relationship. Like, that's actually good for relationships. Like, learn how your partner's body works. Like, explore each other in different ways. Like, that's interesting to me. Or if you want to just watch what this mindset does to women, the mindset of... Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Just, like, watch the hours, right? Right. <laughs> you know, it has women in many different decades, like, being oppressed and, like, changing themselves and, like, stamping on their personality for men. Like, just watch the hours if you want to, like, see how this book will play out in your life. Like, you'll end up killing yourself like Virginia Woolf. That's oh, the moral yeah, right. of the story. And she had to buy her own flowers because... She, you mm-hmm. know, because um, she the men didn't understand the gesture was important. Yep. God. So Fucking sad. Martians. I can't Stupid with these Martians. Martians. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to recommend the Savage Love column as well as the Savage Love cast. It's syndicated in newspapers nationwide. It's written by Dan Savage. There are a lot of great things you'll learn from this. First of all, gay people exist. What? There are queer people. Yes, that's right. Women, you can ask for what you want. Believe it or not, you can. So can you, men. You can be respectful in relationships and in bed. And women, number one lesson that Dan Savage teaches you all the time, don't be afraid to dump the motherfucker already. And that is something that everybody should do if they are dating a Martian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Women, if you're dating a Martian, definitely DTMFA for Mm. sure. Yes. Yes. Run. Yeah, I yeah I I think Dan Savage often has like a very like straightforward tactic that I like. I know in the past he has had some problematic uh, views or said some problematic things, but like overall I still like him, and I think he often will like grow from his mistakes, which a Martian yeah. cannot fucking do. He'll acknowledge do. mistakes. He'll grow. Yes, like, yeah. and he's not always perfect. You know, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But his his sentiment. Is in the right place. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, um, we'll have some other things I think that we didn't get around to saying um, up on our website, worstbestsellers.com, on the reader's advisory section of this episode. So check that out if you just need even more relationship advice books or Broadway musicals that don't really relate to this at all, but we just wanted you to know about them, such as Tick, Tick, Boom, of yeah, course. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yay. All right, so we'll move on to our candy pairing where we'll suggest candy to go along with this book. Just like if your Martian ever takes you out to a nice restaurant, they might recommend a nice wine to go with your meal. Uh, My candy pairing is astronaut ice cream because I'm leaving this planet now. Goodbye. Yes. Yes. Good riddance. Never see you. (laughs) My candy is rock candy because you can make a cave or a well out of it. Yes, you can. Wow. Works for boys mm. and for mm-hmm. girls. Yeah. <laughs> now, is arsenic allowed? That's not candy. Can I not do that? Can I? Okay, no. <laughs> then I guess I'm going to choose circus peanuts. You know, those weird kind of orange oh, things? Oh, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. circus peanuts. Because they have no substance and they taste like Uranus. Ah! Uh, 
Planet of I went there. Boo. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I went with gin for my candy pairing because drinking was the only legal escape from the horrors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, yes. I think you win for that one, actually. I think... Given all the choices, I would just. It is to me in this case. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, All right. And now we'll play our favorite game, The Rock Paper Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book. And I will say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book. And Kristen and Jolenta will pick um, which one will most enhance the book or choose paper, which is to leave it as is. Okay. Uh, if The Rock were in this book, he would go to great lengths to have all copies of it found and destroyed so as not to ruin his image. Then the book could be about all of those shenanigans instead, either like a comedic quest to sneak around and get his hand on all the copies, or a more thriller sort of story where he's breaking into warehouses and holding uh, Dr. John Gray PhD hostage. And I, I, like, literally don't even care which one of those two things it is, because anything would be better than this book. Yes. <laughs> um, well, if if Wolverine were in this book, he would decline to ever leave his cave. Mm. Mm. So wow. sad. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just I cave. mean, I would like to see The Rock take John Gray PhD Austin. <laughs> I think that would really enhance things for me. Um, I, I gotta choose that first one. Of course. There's yeah. so much action in it. Yeah. Wolverine's really doing everything he can there. Yeah. 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 Wait, you mean the second one? No, yeah. The the rock is is more active. Wolverine is deep sorry. in his cave. You can't, so- sorry. you can't bother him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant the rock. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, you picked the rock. I'm choosing the rock. Right. Cho- yeah. Yes. What if yes, he right. shoots John Gray PhD into space? <laughs> oh. No, what I'm totally puts, choosing the rock. What if he puts John Gray PhD into Jumanji? Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> He would be in quicksand, and he'd be like, this is like talking in circles with a woman. (laughs) I would be okay with that. Yep. (laughs) All right. Uh, What do we think the moral of the story is? The moral of the story is that it's easier to make up an elaborate fantasy metaphor for the social construct of gender than it is to ask your wife why she's sad. (laughs) That's the most heartbreaking moral ever. Oh, so sad. I actually think the moral is that gay people have it made because they never have to date anyone who misunderstands Mm -hmm. them. Good moral. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My moral is the male ego is the most fragile thing in the solar system. So true. Also true. All right. Well, in the past, uh, I think many of the books we've read have all had the same moral, which is ban men. But now, mm. uh, now I am much wiser, and I know that the real moral should be ban Martians. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Don't even let them come to the planet. Yes. <laughs> Venusians only. We invented space travel. We know it's true. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> Martians did not do that. History How was written by find the Martians. Us? Well, because they had like such raging boners, they like had to invent space travel. <laughs> it just doesn't add up. I don't know. <laughs> All right, now it's time for Duarte's corner. When we ask my cat Duarte his opinions on the book, although he's already shared some, he just has a lot to say. <laughs> 
right. Yeah, Duarte, that's that's a really good point. He doesn't say anything at all about neutered males such as yourself. Mm. And I know, you know, you're yeah. from a whole different planet. And I and I think you should write a book about that. And, oh, wow. you know, to be honest, True. if he had spent more time talking about, like, what planet cats are from and what planet dogs are from and all that, I think it would be a better book. Because I'd be more really, interested. It couldn't, it couldn't be worse than it is now. Yep. No, yeah. Make more sense. And then there might be cute pictures of dogs yes. and cats. Yes. I can get behind that. Yeah. I, I forget the author. There's this really cute, um, like, middle grade graphic novel series called Catstronauts. And it's just about cat oh. astronauts. Oh, and they're God. so cute. And they have, like, the bubble helmets. It's way better oh than gosh. this book, for sure. No, do they wear do they wear four moon boots or two moon boots? Um, two. They're like standing up type cats. Oh. Nice, nice, cute. Yeah, because you know it would be hard for them. It'd be hard to do pilot stuff. I think. Mm. Let's be let's be reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you as ever, Dorje, for your opinions. And now, do any humans have any closing thoughts? This was terrible. Don't read this book. Don't read it. Go to space. Go to yeah. space. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that it would be bad, but I am really shook by how actually terrible yep. it is. It was just, it was garbage. And I know we say things are garbage all the time, but there's like levels to garbage. And this is truly the garbagest of the garbage. This is like yeah, one and, and grade above not- Dianetics only. Mm. Yeah, and notably, it's not funny garbage. It's mm. just garbage garbage. You know how some books are so bad, they're actually kind of good? Oh, we know that. Corner? We this, absolutely know Which, that. like, is pretty much your whole show. Yeah. No right? corner was turned here. Yes. No, you never turn the corner where it's good again. No, it's just horrible, horrible garbage. Right. I mean, it's never good. Some parts are funny, but never never funny enough to over to compensate for their garbage. For yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you like us as worst bestsellers, you should like us on social media because that's what social media is for. We are on Facebook where we're worst bestsellers. We're on Twitter where we're worst bestseller with no S because the S was shot into space to get away from all the Martians. We miss it dearly. Can you blame it? No. Uh, we also have a Goodreads group with a complicated URL, so you should just go to worstbestsellers.com and click on the Goodreads link to join it. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, if you do subscribe to us, please take a moment to rate and review us. When you rate and review, it pops us up a little bit in the charts and makes it easier for people to find us. If you don't rate and review us, then we're going to have to send John Gray, PhD, to your house to just ramble on about all the things that you as a woman are doing wrong or that you as a man are doing right because you're perfect already. Um, and and if have... you if you review us, please only write it in Venusian language. We will not <laughs> yeah. understand any Martian reviews. We will not. Even better, just write it in the form of a love letter. Oh yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. Uh, at Patreon, you can uh, Give donate us money. a small recurring <laughs> <laughs> monthly donation uh, that we will use to do things like buy new equipment and pay our editor and uh, do cool things for you, like 
get new merchandise and hire an artist to make a logo for Rock Paper Snicked, which we did, and those things are coming soon. Uh, and they will come first to our Patreon donor. So if you want to get in on that stuff before everyone else, now is the time to sign up. All right. Um, and then if you if you want more of just me personally without the rest of this podcast stuff in the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Renata Snacks. And you can follow me on Twitter at 14 Across. All right. And we want to thank Kristen and Jolanta so much for joining us. And if you want more of them in your life, which I'm positive that you do, uh, here's where you can get it. You can follow me, Kristen Meinzer, at Kristen Meinzer, or you can follow both of us at By the Book Pod. Or you can follow me, Jolenta Greenberg, at Jolenta G on Twitter, and just like listen to our podcast, By the Book. Find it on iTunes, any podcast aggregator. Go to panoply.fm slash podcast slash By the Book. We're everywhere. We'll have links to all that on our website, WorstBestSellers.com. And really, truly, if you, if you are listening to Worst Bestsellers but not by the book, I really think uh, that you would like it. Their first episode is about The Secret, and uh, you you know how we feel about The Secret. <laughs> Find out how they feel about it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so Thank much for having guys. us. We had so much fun. So did we. And thanks to everyone for listening. And we will be back in two weeks with Into the Wild by Aaron Hunter, which Ooh. is the first book of the Warrior series. Ooh. I've been so fascinated and curious for so long. I'm very excited. Well, wow. Duarte loves them. So their book's about cats, if you didn't get that joke. When I was a nanny, <laughs> when I was a nanny, the girl I nanny for was super into them. So I hear they are great. Well, we'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) She was 10. (laughs) All right. Bye. 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 Oh, maybe it's not robot voice. Maybe it's Venusian voice. Mm. Maybe. That's how we sound on our home planet. <laughs> Men can't understand it. It's just nonsense. And here I just thought it was vocal fry. <laughs> Isn't it always?